it's it's being turned into muscle. It's being turned into mm-hmm. fat. It's being turned mm-hmm. into um, the overall carcass of the animal's size, and the animal's going to grow even. And you, know, you believe this or not, when we're when you harvest a deer that's been eating these buck grits, when you start when you cut into a loin, you know, and I, I'm telling you this from experience, guys. Oh, yeah. When when you're butchering that deer, breaking it down, and you you pull out that back strap loin, and you start cutting it up into steaks, you'll find flakes of marbling inside that loin oh, like yeah. you would a daggum beef carcass. Oh yeah, and it's because yeah. of what you're feeding. It. Oh, I guarantee you, I guarantee. You. I mean, I got a quick story to share with you about buck grits. Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early dawn to climb up. Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed? Hey, Buck Grits, boys, you ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits. Buckgrits.com. Well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed? Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs, it's got the fat a deer needs, it's got the amino acids, it's got the energy, it's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut and it's going to put a rack on their head. And it's going to help the lactate and doe, I assume, too, after they have the fawns. That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well, where can I get Buck Grits? buckgrits.com you can get a sample you can order it directly from the website and we're coming to a retailer near you if you want to help a deer hurt use buck grits i've been on a big board for a while i can load him in the back of my truck we can take it to a holler take it to a field across the creek up a big old Wise-Eye, Hornady, Eagle Seed, Buck Grits, Tide Wee, JKR Outdoors presents American Roots Outdoors. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are in the studio, Redbone, Wayne Locke, and myself. We haven't been in the studio in a couple weeks. No, I'm glad. I just told Redbone when I, when I walked in, I was like, I said, oh, this is what the studio looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Weeks. It's it's been a while. Yeah. Been a while. Cool temps are here, Redbone, Wayne. I know. My neck's swelling. I want to paw the ground. I'm telling you, there's scrapes everywhere. Rubs are showing up everywhere. Big bucks are biting the dirt. My neighbor shot a big one last yesterday evening. A big shout out to my buddy Kelton. Shot a big five and a half year old. Smoked him. Uh, in the upper 140s, mid-140s, they called the buck reindeer. Had photos of him for several years. Uh, giant buck, you can see the photos of him on the American Roots page. I've done a photo shoot with him last night. Also, uh, congratulations to some guys out of Texas that come up and killed a big one in south of Birch Street a couple evenings ago. But the big bucks are biting the dirt. Bucks are visiting their scrapes. Uh, these bucks are actually ahead, Wayne Redbone, than what they normally are. Yeah, I think so too. Just judging from some of the pictures that we're seeing, and and it looks like the bucks' necks are already. I mean, it was joking a while ago. It looks like they're already on the chase. Did you see the one out of North Missouri? I shared on my page the other day. That deer was a giant. Two, two. I think it was two seventy four. I believe. Oh, that was one. But there's another. It was a seventeen point, and a gentleman in North Missouri killed him, and he was just. Awesome, big, 
I mean, the guy couldn't wrap his hands around his main beam. Oh, the bases? Yeah, yeah. just big, mm. big, big old stout-looking deer. And, Alex, you know, the bear hunting's going on in Arkansas. starts next week in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention, this past weekend, there was a young boy from Fulton County in Arkansas who killed a bear with his crossbow. His name is Dylan Connor. He's 10 years old. Oh, he was deer, He was deer hunting over on the Baxter-Fulton County line, and he said he saw an armadillo running through the woods. So he kind of got ready, thought maybe there was something going on, and a bear walked within 12 steps, and he shot it and killed it with his crossbow. That's awesome. That is 10 years old. Yeah, Missouri bear season opens up, I believe, the 17th. Yeah, next Monday. 17th. Yeah, Monday. I'm Monday. hunting with Mr. Bill Reeves, and yeah. uh, I've got some bear found. He is excited. Oh, yeah. I've got some bear you. found. And uh, by the way, this this little boy, he says he's going to get a new rug made as a memento of his family. <laughs> That's go. awesome. That'll be cool. Hey, congratulations, buddy, if you're listening. We're proud of you. Hey, let's move on to some other stuff here in politics real quick. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals are out of it, as everybody knows. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, we talked about that, roughing the quarterbacks, and then they had a holding play uh, against one of the uh, – Field goes against the competitors, yeah. and that was a controversy. That's a big buzz right now in the industry. Well, the big buzz is the uh, roughing the passer because yeah. it's gotten out of control. It went from one extreme to the other. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten way out of control. And and what I hear is that the uh, NFL owners, the rules committee, they're going to get together and try to figure out how to remedy this situation. Chris Jones was exactly right in the post game interview, and everybody else that knows anything about football is exactly right make it a reviewable play right it's very simple it is simple exactly you know they they thought they had it all figured out last year and then of course the miami situation with the quarterback there a couple weeks ago right right? and uh so that then the committee met again and said well we need to you know make some changes well and then and then 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 all of a sudden they just went to if you blow on them with the wind blows too much then flags. well you know the thing with tom brady on sunday that cost the atlanta falcons an upset win over the tampa bay buccaneers Mm -hmm. and then the thing on and then the thing on sunday with uh, Chris Jones and right and what's his name? That was just ridiculous. It is. How do you rough the passer when you're the guy with the ball? Yeah, it, it still doesn't make any well, sense. I know the the next day, the next uh, day they talked about it on ESPN and the, they reviewed the play. They looked at it and they said the guy that the ref that flew threw the flag was on the other side on the other did not side. see the left arm go down that he was trying to brace himself and he didn't see the chris jones so had it, the ball right and it looked like he came down with his full weight which of course is illegal that is a roughing the passer mm-hmm. and since he didn't see that they said but when they got together to talk somebody should have said hey i saw his arm go down he goes well, the only thing they can think of is that well, nobody in fact, saw that the quarterback him. didn't have the ball right yeah then he took it away chris on the jones had the football right and, and what i don't understand then is why because a fumble recovery, I believe, is reviewable. It should be. And so I don't know why Andy Reid didn't challenge he that there was a fumble and the Chiefs recovered. It's his fault. So, well, I don't think it's his fault, but uh, and there's probably, probably, a, there's probably a, well, there's probably a technicality in there. There may, there may be a non Because they didn't call once a fumble the pass, at all. Right, once roughing the passers done. Everything, all, it, all other bets are off, yeah. probably. I don't know. But. Well, I know one thing. I'm hearing them at the coffee shops at Grandma Nell's, my nephew, and said, what's happening to football? You know, uh, I don't know. I want my kid, to, if he's good enough to be a pro, I don't know if I'd want him to be a pro <laughs> football player after that. Well, he, well most like, likely he's not going to be. So it's probably not really anything to worry about. You know, but, and for... 
for years they've been saying they, you know, the, the quarterbacks, you know, they might as well wear dresses out there. This, that, and that. Well, Troy Aikman made that comment. Yeah, and now and, he's getting, and now he's, he's getting, being attacked. It's like, oh my god, they take break. the dresses off. And the other, <coughs> excuse me, the other thing they need to address in the NFL is uh, pass interference. When the ball's underthrown and the receiver stops and comes back for the ball and runs into the defender, and they're calling pass interference on the defense. Yeah, quarterbacks have gotten smart. They're actually doing they, that They've on gotten purpose. smart. They're doing it on purpose. Right. They're underthrowing the ball, so the receiver has to stop, and then the defender yep. runs into him, pass interference. That's not right. Yeah. Hey, we've got a couple minutes left here. Big shout-out to all the high school football teams that are playing football. Uh, Liberty Eagles, man, got a shout-out to them. They're 7-0. and We play the Salem Tigers this Friday night. And next Friday night, we play the Houston Tigers. And uh, hopefully we there's can... A, there's a chance that Houston could still be undefeated. Yep. A chance. After they, they, got Mount, night, they, they got, got Mountain Grove. They got Mountain Grove. So that's, that one's kind of a toss-up right there. I, I predict Mountain Grove can't beat Mount... Uh, I predict Mountain Grove will beat Houston. That's my prediction. Your prediction. Wayne? I think the the team that scores the most points is probably going to win that one. Red Bull? <laughs> yeah. Mountain, I just don't Mountain Grove will win. Mountain Grove will beat them. Yeah. Yeah, they will. will beat them. Well, Houston got very lucky last week in Willow Springs game, and they got they had a, a, a you talk about bad calls in the NFL, yeah. a horrible call in a high school game that, that turned the whole game. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement here. I'm a Liberty Eagles diehard fan. Uh, we face Mountain Grove again. We better be on our A game. They're good. They're good. We're going to go to a break, everybody. When we come back, we're going to talk with Buck Grits, Director of Operations, Adam Thomas, and pre-rut hunting whitetails. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Up a big old hill. Year after year. Got my hunting gear. Buck Grits presents... Welcome back to American Roots Outdoor segment two of the show. As promised, we've got Adam Thomas, Mr. Butt Grits himself, with Simo Milling on the phone. And we talked to him before we went on live here. He said he's sitting on his back porch, taking in this beautiful fall weather, watching the leaves fall. And Adam, welcome to the show. Great having great. Great being here. I'm glad you're having me. It, uh, and you are right. I am sitting on my back porch swing and, and watching the leaves blow and wishing the grass was growing. But, uh, you know, we'll get water someday. Yeah. I, I, we got a little bit of rain here, I guess, yesterday. But it barely even settled the dust for about 10, 15, 20 minutes. But uh, 
But I tell you what, uh, Adam, the deer over here where we're at is way ahead. We're finding scrapes and rubs everywhere. Uh, big mature bucks are biting the dirt over here, Adam. And I know you're you're a whitetail fanatic. You've shot some big deer in your lifetime, and you're the creator, actually, of buck grits. And uh, uh, let's just talk about buck grits real quick before we want to talk about pre-running hunting tactics. How did you come up with the idea of creating this buck grits again? Well, you know, we're, we're running this corn mill over here in southeast Missouri, and we have all these these pieces of, the, of corn that we break up as we're as we're mm-hmm. making things, and we we always are looking for what's next. You know, what mm-hmm. else can we do with with what we're manufacturing here every day? And one day we we were coming up with this this stream and, and looked at it and said, "Boy, I sure think whitetail deer go nuts over this stuff." Mm-hmm. And so we started doing some of that testing, and we we took it out to our farms, we took it out to the place, um, you know, where we see deer and 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 where we hunt. And, we started putting it out, you know, in the springtime, really, uh, mm-hmm. and saying, okay, what are these deer going to do? And, and, of course, they just went nuts over it. And then we, we tried it throughout the year. We tried it in the fall. We tried it in the winter, and they just went nuts over it every time. So, you know, after you see it so many times, pretty soon that light bulb in your head starts going off and say, boy, we got something here. So mm-hmm. we started started branding Buck Grits and, and came up with that name and, and and started designing our packaging and building our business model. And next thing you know, we're in business selling buck grits. And, and boy, are we glad we did it. Yeah, and you're you're in Buckeyes now. I, I saw the press release on it. You're in Buckeyes. You're in Hearst Farm and Feed, just to mention a couple of big dealers here in southern Missouri. And, and there's people going to be listening to this show in 19 different countries and all 52 states. So they want to become a buck grits dealer. All they got to do is go to the website, www.buckgrits.com to become a dealer. Uh, right. I know we are, Mm -hmm. we are actively looking for retail partners and, uh, wanting to expand our footprint. And you bring up Buckeyes, Buckeyes just, just secured a deal to open up 12 more stores. They're going to be in five (laughs) states when this deal's all done from Nebraska, all the way down to Kentucky. So that is awesome. uh, Coming to a store near you. Nice. Promise you, Buck Rich is on fire, everybody. I, I'm going to tell my story real quick. Wayne, you already know the story in Redbone, but I'm going to share it again to all of our listeners. Uh, they sent me a sample package in this neat little box. There was a, a camel makeup in it and a Flexstone deer call and a little five-pound bag of Buck Rich in it. I thought, you know what? This is impressive. A company to do this, this is impressive. So I took it and tried it. I fed my deer sweet 12 cattle feed for years, and I took and set that buck ritz out to the side about 20 feet away from them. Had some mature does coming in the yard. Two of the five mature does left the sweet 12, went straight to the buck ritz, and pounded on it. Mm-hmm. I jumped on the phone. I called their marketing company. And I said, hey, this has impressed me. These deer have left that. I said, I need to learn more about buck grits. So we set up a meeting, and next thing I know, here we are. We're promoting buck grits. And what I love about buck grits, Adam, is you know it's a feed that you can feed year-round. And you tested it for almost a year. So right. you can feed it year-round. It gives it 12, 10 to 12% fat, uh, 14 to 16% uh, protein. The deer on our farms at Wayne's Farm and my farm are absolutely slick and fat. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it, it it will open your eyes when you see 
when you see a deer that's getting proper nutrition, you know, I mean, we, we all see deer in the woods, right? And sometimes you see those deer that just don't look great, and then every once in a while you see that one coming by, and you're like, wow, that's the one. Well, you start feeding buck grits year-round, like what we're doing, mm-hmm. and like Alex, you're doing. Yes. And pretty soon, every deer that walks underneath you looks like that one, you say, wow, look at him, you know, or mm-hmm. look at her. Yeah. And it's just, I'm telling you guys, if you haven't seen it yet, you start feeding this stuff, and it, it will blow you away on what your herd looks like on your farm after they're up and running with buck grits. Well, I know, like for me, one of the biggest changes I've seen after feeding them for a year was the uh, the the sheen to the their coat shine right? It's just uh, you know you you like you said you always had that one that just always seemed to have that more you know better shine to it uh, and mm-hmm. had that perfect sheen. It's like oh look at that that that, that yeah. doe's fat it looks good, and then the rest of them be like eh. But now it's like everyone that walks by, everyone in front of my wise eye cameras are coming across, mm-hmm. just have that perfect sheen to them. I've got a, I got a, right. I have a three and a half year old Adam. Fat, you, hips, you, fat you, hips, fat hips, fat yeah. hips, fat hips. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a three and a half year old Redbone. You've seen pictures of him. He's pushing one forty as a three and a half year old, and he is boosted this year over twenty inches. I bet you from feeding buck grits, and that deer yeah. eat buck grits every day in my yard. But he hasn't yeah. showed up in the last two weeks. He's disappeared. He may have found him a well, girlfriend. I wonder why. Huh? Uh, acorns are everywhere. <laughs> he got something else on the mind, Alex. Yeah, he, he does. That time of year. But but all the other deer are showing up. You know, I'm feeding in some old locations. I just want to stress to all of our listeners here in Missouri, uh, you cannot hunt over bait. Now, other states like Kansas and Arkansas, Ohio, uh, Kentucky, mm-hmm. you can hunt over bait. And I'm telling you, if you want to draw a deer to your property, get buck grits. I promise you, it's just not an attractive. It's something to keep your deer herd healthy. Yeah, and, 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 and you know think, you touched on it and, and mentioned acorns. And of course, that's the deer's that's the deer's favorite thing to eat. So my question to you, Alex, and and or whoever wants to answer it, are the are the deer going to prefer the buck grits over the acorns in the woods? The deer on my property is still hitting the buck grits, but they're not hitting as right. much. They're going to split their diet up. It's kind of like us. You agree, Adam? If I may answer, I absolutely agree. They're, 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 you know, they're going to come to the buck grits because they're, they're going to be used to it. They like it. They want it. Now, when you start throwing acorn treats out in front of them, sure, they're going <laughs> to eat those too. Yeah. But that's just even more protein on top of, of the protein and fat that they're getting from the buck grits. So you're just, they're just getting boosted that much more as opposed to yeah. if you're not feeding throughout the year, when, you know, they're, they're losing weight. They're not getting the nutrition they need. And then they're getting the acorns all at once. And, you know, yeah, they'll put some weight on through that. But if they already have the body condition on before the acorns mm-hmm. start dropping, just think of how much better they look. Exactly. You're hearing it right here, right now on American Roots Outdoors. Director of Operations, Mr. Adam Thomas with Simo Milling Buck Rich. We're going to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk more about pre-rut hunting and buck rich. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Hey guys, it's food plot planting time here in the Ozarks and all across the country. What are you planting this year, Wayne? I'm going to put some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover. You're wait, going to put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover in it. What? Smorgasbord? What is smorgasbord? Man, it is a variety of annuals and perennials that will get you through fall time, winter time, and all the way into spring. 
It's awesome. You want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game? Go to www.eagleseed.com. It's a smorgasbord. You know, we all get tired of certain things. The smorgasbord has everything. Your deer will love it. Eagleseed.com. pair of hunting boots passed on down, planted deep in the ground around your party so you never got to worry. Eagle Seed presents Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. What a great show we have here with Adam Thomas, with Simo Milling, a.k.a. Buck Grits. What a great product, Wayne. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and one of the things when we were talking about what it does to your herd, and we talked about it just for a quick second before we came back on the air, and that is it's unlocking the potential that your deer have. We, we all say, man, I wish my deer would do this. I wish yeah, my I deer would do that. Or, yeah. Right. But if you don't, if they don't have the proper nutrition, they're never going to reach their potential. And now with, I'm seeing it in my does and I'm seeing it in my fawn production this yeah. year, especially yeah. um, that it seems like over the last year, it is finally somebody turned that key to that lock and they're, it's unlocked the potential, especially in my does now, yeah. and my bucks, my small ones, I, I'm, only seen right now a bunch of small ones, but even the small ones, they're they're bigger. They're they're antlers, even though they're you know one and a half year olds, two yeah. and a half year olds are bigger than they were if you compare them to pictures two and three years ago of deer the of same the age. same age. Yeah, yeah. Adam, add to that uh, unlocking gen- the genetic potential. Well, you know, with with wild deer that are that we all hunt and and, and manage, you know, they're out scavenging, looking for food, and, and if you're not got some kind of a program together. And of course, we believe Buck Grits is the program to put them on. They're not going to reach that total potential, the genetic potential that's in there to to thrive and and put on the mm-hmm. rack you're looking for, or raise the fawns you're looking mm-hmm. for. So, you know, feeding Buck Grits year round just it, it unlocks that key, just like Wayne said, and it lets them reach that potential. And and a point I was making on the break when we were there is, you know, when, when you have that line, that genetic line on your farm. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I can tell you on my farm back home in northwest Missouri, I know that the deer coming off that farm, they're going to be mainframe 10 points, and they're going to be 140-inch. I just I know what they're going to be. You know, I've been hunting them my whole life. Yeah. And you want to keep that going. Well, think about what happens when those deer have the nutrition they need mm-hmm. and they're healthy. Maybe that doe makes it one more winter or two more winters, mm-hmm. and she's the mother of that buck that you've been chasing. And she's putting another one or two of those bucks back on the ground or another doe fawn on the ground that's going to carry that genetic material and pass it along. You know, think about the overall impact of Mm. the gene pool that you're keeping on your farm or or on the land that you're hunting. And you're promoting it all the way through because those deer have the nutrition and the health they need to make it one, two, three more seasons. You know, this stuff, if a deer's healthy, it's going to keep living. It's just like people that raise cows, right? Yeah. Sometimes if you don't take care of them at eight, nine years old, they might be done. But then I also have a cow on my farm right now that's 12 and a half and getting ready to raise another calf. You know, it's wow. the same thing on, on the deer population. You're right. Redbone. Yeah, I've, I've got a question. I'm going to switch gears on you here just a little bit. And, you know, we've talked about, you know, making the deer herd uh, uh, better, bigger antlers, more mass, healthier. You know, healthier deer. Uh, have you had reports yet, Adam, of how or if feeding buck grits is affecting the quality of the meat that we're getting from the animals. That's Absolutely, we have. The, uh, the, the amount of protein and, and fat and energy that you're putting into that, into that animal with the buck grits, it's, it's being turned into muscle. It's being turned into mm-hmm. 
fat. It's being turned into um, the overall carcass of the animal's size, and the animal's going to grow even. And you know, you believe this or not, when we're when you harvest a deer that's been eating these buck grits, when you start when you cut into a loin, you know, and I, I'm telling you this from experience. Guys, oh yeah. When when you're butchering that deer, breaking it down, and you you pull out that backstrap loin, and you start cutting up into steaks. You'll find flakes of marbling inside that loin, oh, like yeah. you would a daggum beef carcass. Oh yeah, and it's really. because of what you're feeding. It. Oh, I guarantee you. I guarantee. You. I mean, I got a quick story to share with you about buck grits. Uh, we have a baby deer uh, that was turned loose on our property at three weeks old, and she stayed on our porch, and we we nursed her with a bottle. And once uh-huh. she started eating solid foods, guess what? We started feeding her buck grits, and guess what? She runs up to the porch to. Every morning, every evening, when she comes back from her gallivanting around, a bowl of buck grits. She's nuts over it, guys. And you ought to see how fast she is. If you've watched any of my videos, she's a butterball. And, man, that's that's proof right there. that The flavor of when you pick it up and hold it in your hand, it smells like malto meal. Mm. You can almost eat it. I have tasted it. I mean, it you tastes good. It. it tastes I, good. I put it in my mouth and ate it. I guarantee you, it's good. What? I know for me, I'm looking forward to getting a buck this year, A, because like last year I lost the whole year because yeah. you know, with my yeah. heart surgery and all that. Yeah. But, you know, with after a year being on buck grits, I'm going to go from harvesting a buck to harvesting a buck that's going to produce Wagyu quality meat. I want to have some Wagyu deer, man. <laughs> That's funny. But anyway, now, uh, all, all the black Angus farmers in the Ozark just went, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. What? We've heard the Angus sales. <laughs> hey, real quick here, I want to emphasize, again, the rules and regulations in Missouri. You cannot hunt over feed. We're not telling you to buy buck grits to break the law. We're, we're, we're encouraging you to buy buck grits if you've got an area that you call the sanctuary to feed that you don't hunt three, 400 yards away from or hunt trails going to and from. We do not advocate violating the law. Yeah, and also want to add to that that there are counties in Missouri, and there are a number of them where you can't feed at all, and those are the counties that are in the CWD zone. So, folks, you need to look at that map before you go out and start feeding deer, and that's any time of the year. You cannot put feed out, and, and that changes from year to year, depending on where deer with CWD are found. So this one in, in Oregon County is one of those counties where in Howell County. You cannot feed deer I'll legally. Tell, I'll tell you what, what's really helped me. I, I'm always constantly studying watching the deer on my properties, properties year-round. If I see a sick deer, I, I point it out. You know, I'm going to call my agent or whatever. I've never seen knocking on wood, a sick deer since I started feeding buck any time, really. I haven't. Uh, But anyway, uh, if you have your wise eye camera, I'm going to give them a wise eye plug. You can monitor your deer year round. And people say, oh, I'm just going to run my cameras during the rut or whatever when you're bow hunting. But uh, the wise eye cameras will help you collect data and watch the animals on your farm. Uh, I was just signaling we got to go to a break. But we're going to talk more about wise eye and talk about the pre-rut here. I promise you tactics we're going to use to close the deal. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Buck Ritz, Adam Thomas, right after this. Hey, this is Eddie Salter, and you listen to American Roots and Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Around your heart, so you never got to worry. 
Redbone. Wayne, have you heard about the 12-volt power packs? I've heard a little bit. Tell me more. Yeah, what it is, it's, it's a battery that you can hook to your cell cameras, uh, even charge your cell phones. This company's become really innovative, Wayne. Yeah, I've got a couple of them myself, and they're so easy to use. My six-year-old helping me set them up in the woods on my wise eyes. If you want to improve your battery life in your cell cameras, check out the 12-volt power packs. I'll have to do that. Do they have a, a website? Yes, it's jkroutdoors.com. You know, Alex, there is a, a company in the outdoors that wants to provide quality hunting gear at affordable prices for the everyday hunter. Yes, there is, Redbone. It's Tide We. These guys are a blue-collar company. They make excellent products that's very affordable for everybody. And these guys want to help every outdoorsman live out their passions in the outdoors. And to find out more about this company, just go to www.tidewe.com. That's T-I-D-E-W-E.com. Hornady, Tide We. And JKR Outdoors presents American Roots Outdoors segment four of the show. And we are going to talk about pre-rut tactics. Right now, the bucks are hitting the dirt. I mean, they're, they're making scrapes. They're hooking trees right now. They're actually a week to two weeks ahead from my observations, from my scouting, what my wise eyes showing me. Right now is a great time to be hunting scrapes. It's the front part of the pre-rut. Uh, usually it happens a, a little about the third week is when they really kick it in. And I predict the third week is going to get really, really good. Big bucks are biting the dirt. Scrape hunting is very productive. Uh, to all of our listeners out there, find your food sources. Your white oaks are dropping like now. now. Most of them have dropped. The post oaks, you find these areas where food's concentrated, you're going to find your scrapes and rubs, red bone. Yeah, and, and, one other th- and one other thing to mention here is, is last Sunday was the, the full moon. Yeah, and so, that's kicked them in, too. And, that, and that's kicked them in, and you're hunting around that full moon phase, which means that we're also going to get a full moon the first part of November, mm-hmm. which should be fantastic for the rifle hunt. Mm-hmm. Right, and and we're recording on Wednesday, and today, one the one thing that I noticed Thursday. today— or Thursday. Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday. Um, the one thing I noticed today that has been different in the last, like, two weeks, we finally have wind. We did. It was really windy yeah. today, and I, and what's and that's going to really drop them acorns out of them trees. It is, which is an advantage. I I say I like having that as an advantage uh-huh. because it gets them out of the trees, so they're going to get to them quicker, and they'll concentrate their movement later because they're not going to be dropping over a period of three weeks. They're done. That the, yeah. the acorns are out of the trees now. If they're ready to fall, they're they're out. Exactly. I want to touch on this, uh, not taking focus away from acorns or pre-rut. But if you will create your sanctuary on your properties that you hunt, say a quarter mile square, say you're fortunate enough to have 40 acres or 100 acre, 200 acre farm, make it a sanctuary. You can feed buck grits. It'll hold the doves in there. Even though acorns are falling, they'll still come and hit the buck grits and run your wise eye cameras over it. Stay out of it. Don't hunt it. Don't break the laws. That will hold your does in it. Leave your does alone until after the rut. Adam, you want to add anything about pre-rut tactics? You know, you're you're nailing what what I've done yeah. in my years hunting whitetails, and 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 what we've tried to do is you, you identify that sanctuary, that mm-hmm. area that that you want your deer to feel home and and mm-hmm. feel easy, and come and eat, and, and you know relax. Mm-hmm. And 
being able to, to feed buck grits out there and, and, and keep them close and keep them mm-hmm. on your property. You know, you're not going to hunt it, but you're still, they're still on your property. Exactly. And, and you build that population density, mm-hmm. if I can use that word, yeah. in there. And the yeah. next thing you know, they're going to venture out. And, and the more does you're holding on that property, guess what else you're bringing in? You're bringing in the buck, <laughs> right? Yes. Here they come. Exactly. And the sooner you get those habits made in the pre-rut, the longer they're going to stick around during the rut as things get going and moving, you know, those does are going to get active and they're going to move around, but they're going to be moving around from that central location and you're going to be set up on the other side of the property and here they come. Exactly. What is your thoughts, Adam, uh, as a, as a serious deer hunter, which you are from Northern Missouri of shooting does before the rut? What's your thoughts? We don't try and shoot any does before the rut. You know, honestly on our farm, you do need to manage your doe population, right? Mm-hmm. That's an important part of, of your management. We need to shoot a lot have, of does here. If you, yeah. Right. If you have too many, then pretty soon, you know, bucks don't have to move anymore, right? Because there's does right. everywhere. So yeah. you got to manage your, your population of does. Uh, probably the most important part of having successful hunts, honestly, if you ask me. But we always harvested our does post-rut. You know, we, we yeah. would come back, they'd have mm-hmm. like the, the January, the December yeah. rifle portion or, or the late bow mm-hmm. season. That's when we would fill our freezers and uh, and harvest our does. Your thoughts, Wayne? Well, I tell you, it, it, coming here from up north, it is a total different mindset because down here, we do, we do, because I'm, I'm going from urban hunting to now country hunting, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. Yeah. So, I would have to agree that maybe holding off till after the rut makes sense. But if you've got, you know, if your buck to doe ratio is 1 to 10, 1 to 15, 1 to 20 in some cases, it don't matter when you're going to shoot the does. If you take three does out of 30 does on your property, it ain't going to make a a lick of difference. Uh, But that's also a good time if you have a neighbor with a kid or something like that, bring them on in, let them shoot a doe out of there. Let them Mm -hmm. get the does out and that, so whether it's early season or not, get them out. Um, but in urban hunting, a lot of the places where I urban hunt and, and that holds true in like Kansas city and those areas too, you have to take a doe, uh, before you're allowed to shoot a buck. So you really don't have a choice. So you want to get that doe knocked out right away. If you can get that doe knocked out that first week, that gives you the whole rest of the year to concentrate on that buck. Your thoughts, Redbone. Yeah. Well, just to follow up on that in Arkansas, they do the urban hunting and uh, you're required to donate your first deer that you kill to the, uh, that's uh, awesome. Uh, feeding the feeding hunger, the hunger, hunter, hunter yeah. for hunger program. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, uh, you know, my thought is, and, and I agree with you, Alex. I think you know, if, if you're if you're looking for uh, maintaining your herd and, and deer maintenance, you know, wait till after after the rut before you kill that doe. But if you're just looking to put meat in the freezer and you think, you know what? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Then, if you yeah. want to shoot a doe, you shoot, shoot a doe. Yeah. I don't care if it's you know bow hunt in the middle of October or if it's you know, during the gun hunt in November or whenever it is, if that's what you feel like you want to do, you've got that freedom to do that. Exactly. And I want to encourage, we want to encourage Adam Thomas, Seymour uh, Milling, Buck Grits, uh, American Roots Outdoors, MDC, where we, we join with them to promote shooting does. We got to get these does down, everybody. Yeah, yeah cause everything got too, too thick. Would you agree, Adam? Uh, absolutely. And just to clarify, when I said we'd harvest our does after, yeah. that's because we had managed our does for years. But oh, as yeah. Wayne said, if you've got a huge doe-to-buck ratio, well, yeah, you've got to thin them out before the rut, or, or you'll never see it. That buck will be bedded down all day long, and you're not going to see it. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I think we've touched on great things. We've talked about how the creation of buck rich come about. We talked about pre-running ta- pre-rut hunting tactics, and uh, we've talked about doe management here Uh 
you know, if I was going to shoot a deer to eat, I'd way rather shoot a, a doe anyway, red bone, Wayne. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Than a buck. I mean, you know, but if you take care of a buck, you can make a buck taste just as good as a doe. And we'll talk about that in a bonus segment. And this is going to wrap up the show here. Wayne, let's talk about the bonus segment. Yeah, to catch more of the show, just because the show ends on the radio doesn't mean the show is actually ending. You just got to switch over to your favorite podcast carrier. You're going to hear the uh, bonus segment. If you missed any of the radio show today, again, just switch over to your favorite podcast carrier. You'll catch the show in its entirety, plus a bonus segment. We're going to talk more pre-rut tactics with uh, Adam Thomas here. And uh, we're going to touch some base also more on this Wagyu uh, deer meat that we're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Adam, do you, think we, do you think we can give away a buck good show? I've got a few. I want to give some butt grit shirts away and some decals. So, Wayne, that's what we're going to give away on the podcast. That sounds good. Tell them how can they, they can win. Just uh, leave a review on the podcast. Uh, make sure you leave your full name in the review along with the town and state that you're from. And we'll get a hold of you when we draw a winner next week. There you have it, folks. Again, we want to thank you for listening to American Roots Outdoors right here, right now in the studio. And what a great guest Adam Thomas was. And we just want to say, uh, share the outdoors with a child. Take somebody hunting. It's God's creation. It's mine and your responsibility to share the great outdoors. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never got to worry what the wind might do. American joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Accurate, deadly, dependable, Hornady ammunition. From a two-man operation in 1949 to a world-leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady, each piece is hand-inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly, simply put, the best. Hornady ammunition. Find Hornady ammunition at a retailer near you and at Hornady.com. presents... American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and his friends. If you're listening to this, that means you're listening to the podcast. We appreciate you being a podcast listener. Once again, leave a review, leave your name in the review, along with the city and state you're from, because we're going to be doing a drawing, and we're going to be giving away some uh, Buck Grits uh, memorabilia here. We're going to have shirts, stickers, and uh, maybe if we're lucky, we can talk Adam Thomas into sending maybe a sample pack out to somebody. That would be cool. You think we can twist yeah. your arm, Adam? Oh, you could probably twist it a little bit, I bet. There you go. Hey, you know, wait, go I, I was going to say, when we were closed out the last segment, we were talking about, you know, hey, shoot what you want. If you're after, you know, just meet, knock yourself out. It doesn't matter. One of the things that Adam had brought up when we had this discussion uh, last uh, time he was on, like, I want to say maybe four months ago or so, we were talking about uh, kids shooting stuff. And I'm noticing already, and there's one thing that irks me, and I'm Adam, I know you said it irks you too, is when a kid posts a picture of a deer and some moron yeah. makes a comment of, well, why didn't you shoot a bigger one? Why didn't yeah. you hold out for another? It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You, right. can, you see that kid holding that fork or that spike or that five point, and he's got the biggest smile on his face, and some idiot's going to go out there and go, well, I don't understand why he shot that. Why didn't he wait for a bigger one? I will go even one yeah. step further than that. It irks me when anybody 
post a picture of a deer and somebody come back and say, yeah. why didn't you wait for a yeah. one? Or trophies in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. Or if you're posting a picture of your deer, do not apologize for it. That yeah. also irks me. <laughs> yeah. Don't say, yeah. well, I settled for this or, you know, I, I, you know, I only shot a five point. Well, I didn't Who have a day to hunt. You know, right. Yeah. Who cares? You're happy. It's but God, leave it's kids God's alone. Creation, leave man, kids you're alone. taking a life. Yep. Anyway, your thoughts, Adam? Well, it's all about the experience, guys. The outdoors is a gift, just like you were saying, Alex. It's a yeah. gift. We all get to enjoy it. You go out there. I'll never forget the first hunt with my son. You know, it was three years ago he shot his first deer, so he would have been seven years old. Mm-hmm. And we were in the stand, and he shot, and bless his heart, he missed twice, but on the third one, he dropped, and it was a doe. And you never seen a kid so happy in your life. We walked down there, we got that doe, and, you know, he, it was just the best experience ever to see your boy go through that for the first time. And, yeah, you don't take that away from anybody. You know, no. when, when you shoot a deer, it's an experience. You know, I don't care if it's got a great big rack on its head or, or if it's a doe walking around or, or a yearling standing next to her. It's an experience that you're going to have the rest of your life. And, and yeah, like Wayne said and Redbone said there, you don't apologize for that. You, you'd be proud of it. Exactly. I bet, if you don't mind me asking, when your son shot his first deer, let's talk about that moment. How did you feel uh, a little more deeper into the conversation? And, and truthfully, tell the truth, did you tear up? Well, truthfully, yes, I did. I and it would. was one of the prouder moments I've had because, you know, we'd been working on learning learning how to shoot, you know, mm-hmm. learning how to aim. And, mm-hmm. again, he was young. And was shaking like a leaf on a tree, you know. I mean, just nervous as can be. And, and he was shooting at a doe, and uh, it took him a couple times, and he got discouraged. He even said, "Dad, I think I'm done." I said, "No, let's try again." Because you mm-hmm. know, these deer they they would hop around, but they they wouldn't run off. Yeah. They were yeah. still out there. But gosh, they were at 120, 130 yards, and and for a kid shooting at his first deer, that's far enough away, you know. And and he finally had one land home. And just, I mean, his knees were so weak, he couldn't hardly stand up. And <laughs> I love he was it. so excited. And we, we climbed down out of the stand together. We had one of those tripods, you know, with mm-hmm. a, a, a stand on top of it. And we were enclosed, you know. So we got down, and, and we went down there, and, and we grabbed the four-wheeler, and, and his pawpaw came with us. And we went over, and we wow. saw this doe in the bean field, and we drug her out. And I showed him how to field dress her. Oh, and, man. And uh, we drug her over and loaded her up, and I mean, he was just so daggum proud, and, and I was too. And so was his papa. You know, we were all just a bunch wow. of proud men out there Rich. with smiles on our face, going through it all together for the first time. And you know, I, I'll never forget that experience. And and the reason I won't is because you know I I didn't necessarily have that experience. My dad was not a hunter. He didn't go hunting with me. I I learned from my friends and mm-hmm. taught myself, and mm-hmm. and I wanted to do it. So, yeah. you know, it was something that I got to, to share with my son that I didn't necessarily get to share with my dad. So it was a really special moment. Oh, man. That, that, I, I, as you was talking about, it's all running through my mind, and I, I was picturing it in my mind uh, as it was happening there with your son and your, your grandfather there. That was touching. Yeah. That's American yeah. Roots at its best right there being shared. Well, and I think that, and that's the same story that you can hear from millions of people yeah. all over the country, almost the exact same story. You know, I've, I've told you before when Adam, yeah. my youngest, who's now 30 years old, killed his first deer, and we had a Mighty Might football game that day. He was in the third grade. And, of course, small town here in Thayer, and it got all over town that Adam had killed a deer that morning. And uh, we were walking in front of the bleachers going down to where we were getting ready for the game, and somebody said, 
Adam, I heard you killed a deer. And he turned around and he just smiled. You know, I'll never get that big old smile on his face. And the guy said, how big was he? And he held up two fingers, one side by side. <laughs> and it was, it, it was a spike, but he held awesome. up two fingers, one side awesome. by side. He said, an 11 point. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the memories that's being made. And we've made. still got that rack, by the way. Oh, you bet. You bet. I remember the first deer I ever shot on film. He wouldn't score 75 inches, 80 <laughs> inches. But, man, I was proud of him because that's the first deer ever on film. It meant something to me. I think there's too much emphasis put on the size of a deer. You know, we've got no way. There is. Yeah. We've there got is. no way. Yeah. You know, Go ahead, Adam. Well, just after, you know, that was you season that Austin shot that, that small that doe in. But then that later that year in, in rifle season, he came back out with me, and we were sitting in the same stand in the same spot. And uh, first decent sized buck on because this farm's never been managed. You know, mm-hmm. this is, I, I came down here yeah. as my in laws' farm, and and uh, this first decent sized deer came out, and we looked, and him hawed, and I finally I shot him, and yeah. he was uh, about a hundred and twenty inch nine point nice yeah. deer, right? Yeah. yeah. And Austin looked at me, and he goes, "Dad." Dad, we this is the first buck we shot together. Can I mount him and put him on my wall? And as you're saying, you kept those horns. By God, there's a buck hanging on my son's wall. And it's that nine point, hundred twenty inch deer sitting there, and he there, named it Horny, and it sits right above his bed. So oh, he's it proud is. of it. He's proud of it, man. That's yes, what it's about. Is. That's what it's about, man. Thank you for sharing these wonderful stories of your son's hunts and your hunts. That's really what it's about, everybody. It's about camps and sharing memories and bragging and talking about the one that got away. It was close, et cetera. And Wayne's got two step boys, and I can't wait to, to share the outdoors with them and get them in a blind or tree stand and help them get their first bucks. And our youth season is coming up here at the end of the month, and Thomas Moore's bringing one of his seven boys up. Redbone Wayne, really? Adam. They're doing a drawing, and I promised Thomas because he helped us wire Mallory's house mm-hmm. <clears throat> that I would take one of the boys, but he's got to draw straws. So they're so going to we're gonna film them hunting with us this coming October. The That's Missouri cool. State, from Kentucky. Going to so, have a big bunch of straws to yeah. draw from. I yeah. want to <laughs> say this too. Yeah, seven of them. I want to make a big state. Uh, con- uh, one big shout out right now. Tyler Farr put on an absolute awesome show uh, at the Current River Jam 2022. Uh, thank you, Ricky Maples, Donald Black, for what you've done for our counties and communities. And also, uh, CRA SA Classic, Jack Rutledge, Troy McAfee won first. Uh, they won the Classic Championships, Aaron and Lester Nicholson second. Third place went to the Neal Brothers. Robert and Dwayne. Fourth went to Brody Rutledge and myself. And fifth went to Kelly Burke and, uh, not Kelly Burke, Eddie Burke and Kelly Ramsey. There you have it, folks. That was a wrap. Again, thank you, Adam Thomas. Thank you, Buck Rich. Thank you to all of our partners. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>